Hello and welcome to episode 132 of the Book Wars Pod. Uh, I'm I'm Chris. I am here as always with my lovely co-hosts Miranda and Rana, and with Kristen doing the noises and the producing. Hey y'all! Hey! 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 Um, is it though? Is it where the fun begins? I think that's debatable. For us, not for anyone else. Maybe I'm just new, but I really, really appreciate this. I know, Rana Kristen, brings the enthusiasm honestly. to this podcast, <laughs> and it's it's great. I'm sure, give me a little time, and I'll be just as miserable as the rest of you, but it's fine. <laughs> it's, no, it's perfect. It's delightful. Um, so, as a reminder, we are finally reading books again. Big step for the Book Wars pod. Books? On my books podcast? I, I don't know Oh her. my god! <laughs> Sorry, we should probably tell Rana what this is from. It's the only non-Star Wars thing that is on the soundboard, and it's from a show, a sketch show called "I Think You Should Leave." And it's on Netflix. Highly great. recommend to all I'm our listeners. Honestly, this is an official Book Wars Pod uh, endorsement of "I Think You Should Leave" on Netflix. And I just gaslit myself, and I thought maybe I don't really like Star Wars. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That would be really funny if these were from Star Wars, but I forgot that I saved them, and then I was like, I'm absolutely putting these back on the soundboard. <laughs> it's it's from one particular sketch, which I'll consider linking in the show notes in case you want to look <laughs> up this one particular sketch. But anyway, okay, I'm going. They're all excellent. My whole now. Fantastic. It's it's a great time to just pop a gummy and watch and it's a very short season so you can just watch the whole season in one sitting like it's only like probably three hours for the entire season yeah i was literally telling kristen that earlier because i think the last time i had a gummy and watched it um jess was in town nice and we watched star wars and then i think you should leave i mean miranda when you came here a couple years ago or year and a half ago whenever I'm pretty sure after, so it was Thanksgiving, so my parents were also here. And I'm pretty sure after they left, all we did at nights, because it was snowy as fuck, so we couldn't go out. All we did at nights was pop gummies and watch I Think You Should Leave and Dairy Girls. And it was a great fucking time. We played Mario so at, Party, too. It was fun. We also played Mario Party. It was Party. great. So at first, I thought you were going to say your parents also popped gummies and watched it with you. And I was like, wow, that's an interesting relationship. But No, they're not that <laughs> cool. That's, that's very not the relationship we have. It'd be... No, it'd be weird. It wouldn't. Even, it wouldn't even be fun. It'd be weird. Anyway, um, what are we all drinking today? I I've got a little beer situation going on. It is a um, local guy, as usual, a little beast brewing beer. Um, it's a a lager. It's a really light one though. It's like four eight and super uh, crisp. I guess it's real nice. It's pilsnery. I had it it's, yesterday. It's very pilsnery, but in like a good way. I am the pilsner boyfriend, almost. Thankfully, not really, but we love pilsners on this podcast. I'm also drinking beer, so I'll go next. Um, I haven't had this one on the pod for sure, because um, I think it's new, so it's. By our friends at Fort George. Um, 
and it's also it's co-brewed or brewed in collaboration with another brewery that I don't know well, but it's called Tender Loving Empire Brewery, <laughs> which is very funny. Um, but it's a Northwest Pale Ale, and it's five eight. And um, actually, really like the art. It's like um, you guys on the podcast with me can see it. It's like um, it's like wood grainy art, basically. It like is made to mimic wood grains, but then also look like Cannon Beach and other shit. Very um, like binary sunset vibe, right? Yeah, from this sure. um, from this angle, makes me yeah. miss the ocean. It's not that that's in binary sunset, but I am again looking at the can that people can't see on the pod. Yeah, the the notable no, ocean you know on Tatooine. We have a we we have a whole ass Instagram. True. Um, also, Miranda, the Dune Sea. Hello. Doi. Uh, My um, bad. Anyway, yeah, I don't really do a beer pod anymore, so now you can. Uh, this can be beer pot again. Well, um, this is the first time you've had a beer in on the pot in a couple weeks. Yes, because Welcome I back. am married now, which is great, which means I get to drink again. <laughs> That's the real reason that she got are, married, by the way. There are other things to be happy about, but one of them is that I get to have beer on the pod. <laughs> so. Another happy landing. Um. Okay, great. Chris is drinking whiskey, so I'll let him go next. Please. I am. I'm drinking scotch. Um, I think I've had it on the pod before, but Compass Box Spice Tree. Uh, it's very smooth. A little, little spicy, as you might guess from the name, but not super peaty. Like, got a, got a, nice, a nice sweetness to it. Rana, how about you? I have um, the Petit Petit by the Michael David wine group, but it's the cheaper version of his wines. As much as I love, like, Quake Show and Earthquake, those are all really good, but I just have those when other people come over. Um, but I got this for the massive snowstorm, and it is a Petite Syrah, as the name suggests. And it, uh, this is my last glass of it because I had most of it during the snowstorm, and it was lovely to bake little pies for my dog. This is such a, this does not represent me well. Like, this makes me sound much better than I actually am. I am not someone who is like, oh, wine and baking for my dog. But this weekend, I was wine and baking for my dog person. Um, and it's delicious. Yeah. yeah that's Wait, Rana, how much snow did you get? Uh, hard to say because of all the wind. It was like some spots were only six inches and other spots were like drift thigh high. So I'd say probably a little under two feet in total. Yeah, we, we got like super microclimated and only got a foot. And then the next neighborhood over got eight inches more than that. Yeah, I believe that. That's yeah. Boulder is bizarre. Yeah. Um, all right. Perfect. Well, before we dive into our book, uh, we do want to give a note on the the charitable organizations that we tell people to give to. Uh, if you remember from our last episode, the org that we have been highlighting while we've been reading Shadowfall is Advanced Native Political Leadership. Highly encourage people to continue giving to them. But also, everything is horrible this week, and obviously we have been all distracted and thinking about the victims of the hate crime in atlanta this week and if you are also thinking about the victims in atlanta and wanting to do uh wanting to do something and give to the asian american community uh we have several organizations that we are going to put in our uh 
podcast description, uh, one of whom is uh, APIENC, which stands for API Equality Northern California. Um, they are a really fantastic organization that builds uh, transgender, non-binary, and queer API power in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, so they're fantastic. Uh, other organizations supporting the Asian American community in our uh, podcast description, as I said. So definitely take a look at all of those. And of course, Native uh, Advancing, hang on, I'm going to get it wrong, Advanced Native Political Leadership. Uh, and uh, so yeah, if you have anything to spare now that the stimulus is hitting, definitely feel free to give to those organizations. And now we continue with Shadowfall by Alexander Star Wars. Now we Star Wars it up. So like in this section, we get a lot of keysy or keys. I can never remember. What are we what is the I, fucking I think audiobook we're going say with it is? Keys? Keys? Okay. I always think it's keysy. And I'm 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 very I'm very, very bad at knowing how Star Wars names are pronounced. <laughs> well there's no like language that we know of it, so I think it's fine. Like It's true. How do we know? Audiobooks, I guess. I used People to will yell. Audio- I used to listen to the audiobooks, and then I would not remember how to pronounce it. It was pretty fucking funny. Anyway, oh, so Keys. We decided it's Keys. Yes. Um, we get a lot more of him, obviously, than we did in book one, and also in, like, section one that we were reading of this book. Maybe more than we need. He is, like... Personal <laughs> opinion, but... <laughs> it's interesting, because, like, he is, like... It, like we we got the view of him that he is this extremely honorable, decent, like incredibly smart man, like the kind of guy that like the empire doesn't deserve. And then he left. Like, and of course, we get that view through Erica. And now we meet him. And he's kind of fucked up. You could almost say that he's like a lot of other imperial officers who seem smart, but also are terrible fucking people. Charming to the last. Like that guy. He would, he would, he and Tarkin would get along. That's, oh, that's really sure. all you need to say about his character. Yeah, for sure. But he is like, it's interesting because, you know, you get the feeling that anybody who's still with the Empire at this point is like the true believer and like really, you know, kind of like we see in Mandalorian where you have all the Imperials being like, we need to, you know, wipe the rebels out and restore order to the galaxy and keys is just like nah let's just like fuck shit up yeah and i mean like i almost can't blame him for it because other than like the weird ass droid who may or may not be snoke on the ship like oh my god <laughs> they you know they they have nothing the empire was literally built on order it's the whole fucking thing fascism how it works um and like the head goes away and like a bun like a hydra situation a bunch of other heads came up but they're all really shitty so nobody has a point like other than you know ray sloan and a couple other like kind of higher officers people just seem to be like wandering the galaxy aimlessly and he's like, well, I still have this fighter wing and this um, Star Destroyer. So, like, let's go uh, kill some rebels. Why not? 
I do feel like, at least to me, when he was Devin, I felt like he was a little deranged then, too. Like, just some of the choices he made seemed like we weren't getting the full picture, and, like, just something strange was going on. Um, and so I don't, I'm not, like, super surprised that he's so bizarre and deranged here. But also, I would say, like, if you're someone who is, you know, carrying out Operation Cinder and, like, actively wiping out whole planets, like... You probably are a little messed up to begin. And I know there, you know, I'm not saying that, like, I know there are people who have, you know, I don't know how to say this without sounding weird, but it's like, I'm not saying that, oh, in order to commit acts of evil, you're, like, in some way messed up, because I think there are lots of people who are just, like, do bad things as bad people, right? And, you know, their their minds are working the way that they're supposed to. But um, not that they're, you know, the end result is bad, but that's their own personality being the issue. Um, but I think, like, I think, I don't think Keys would have made it this far if he were a normal person, right? Like, I think he's just, like, deranged, and that's why he's the person he is. I think yeah. that's why he's had his success. Yeah, I think without the Empire, like, you can't be, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, you can't be, like, on the straight and narrow, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, there's got to be something going on <clears throat> for you to continue trying to do whatever empire things or staying in a war, even though you know that you should all just be going home. Um, and, like, he says it at some point. He's like, well, we should all be going home for real. But we're all still loyal, so, like, let's go. Because that's that's a logical answer. Like, at this point, nobody will judge you if you just bounce like war is over, and the Christmas song is in my head. But <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, but that's fine. I'm not gonna sing it for the podcast, but Thank you know you. what it is. I appreciate that. I I don't, but that's okay. Send it in the chat. Okay. <laughs> I hope a listener somewhere knows what it is because Chris right? and I are like the fuck. Somewhere, somewhere, there's one person who's like, I know what she's talking about. It's, it's I understood that reference. It's, it's very well known. What's what's the other name? Let me find it. I'm thinking of that song from the 70s, or maybe it's from the 80s, but the Vietnam War. Oh, um, or about the Kent. State it's also incident. called Happy Xmas, song by John Lennon and Yoko Ono. It's so oh, to me. okay, that's why I I'll don't know it. it later. <laughs> Um, anyway, sorry. Uh, no, 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 no. I was apologizing totally to the listener. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's you. fine. I was like, I don't know why you're apologizing to me. No. The you're listeners part of is this. fair. Yeah. Just on behalf of all of us. Sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know why you're here. Yeah. <laughs> now you're getting it. Now you're understanding <laughs> the vibe of the podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, Miranda, I think you're exactly right. And I think. The interesting thing about Keys is that, like, he did bounce. And, like, he had, you know, he kind of, to to reuse the word in a different context, he bounced around from, you know, planet to planet and, like, kind of looked at different areas. And then, you know, obviously, at the end of the book, the New Republic caught up with him. But it's, he then chose to be like, fuck it. If they're going to get me, Let's kill some more people. 
and he it's interesting because I, it he kind of, he really makes me think back to um something Erica said in the first book when kind of like toward the beginning when she was in Traitor's Remorse about how like there's like different tiers of imperial defectors like if you quit before or just after Alderaan you're like golden like you're like people forgive you people like accept that you didn't understand what the empire was you were part of the system but once you got that proof you left yeah and, and then it, there's the sorry go ahead no because it's like that is the first like major <laughs> the empire has been doing all sorts of genocide and, and like atrocities but it's generally like oh we're just oppressing these people because that's fine right um it's the first super public one to be sure yeah like it is, and at the first at that scale that people are aware of mm-hmm. yeah. within the empire. Like, I mean, we know from other things. It's yeah. it's huge. They do use the Death Star to destroy an entire fucking planet, and like I think she's right about that. Yeah, like and yeah, and like and I think that's that's fair. We've seen other people who left around that time, who who it's it's you know we we forgive them as as readers as you know viewers whatever. And then you've got the people who quit after Endor. And for them, it's like, well, you stayed too long, but at least you're not dumb and you understand when the war's over. So, like, just get out of my face and we'll ignore you. But then you have the people who quit after Cinder. And those are the people who, you know, again, now we, we know as the reader, that's Erica. And by the end of this section, so does Alphabet Squadron. And but like those are the people who it's like wow you really there was nothing you wouldn't do until like you just finally gave up because there was no hope and well you sorry, sorry go ahead no 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 you're good finish your thought oh no I was just gonna say that like those are the people that like the New Republic the readers and viewers of Star Wars you're not supposed to sympathize with them at all and I you know I think fairly like I don't. For speaking for myself, I don't sympathize with them at all because they're horrible. Yeah, uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. I was just gonna say, well, two things. One, um, I think there are two levels of what you just said about quitting after Cinder. I think there are people who quit after Cinder who weren't directly involved in the execution of Cinder, and then there are people who literally carried out that plan. Um, and I think Erica is even like in another subset of that because she didn't even choose to leave right like she had to be told to leave and I get that it's brainwashing and all that but I just always feel like every time I mean I'm sure we'll talk about this a little bit later but I remember there's one line when she kills people when she's getting Aiden back and she she refers to herself as like a novice killer and I was like what like you killed millions of people what are you talking about so I just think there's a lot of cognitive dissonance not only with her but with Keys and with all of these people who have, including the people who, you know, were part of Operation Cinder. But I just wanted to, to vocalize out of, like, I almost feel like Erica doesn't fit into that bubble and people don't even realize that she was forced to leave. Like, people think that she's in that bubble and she thinks she's in that bubble, but we know from the end of the last book that she's not. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, I, I do agree. Like, she would still be in the Empire if her commanding officer had not literally told her to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but to your other point about, like, I am not a killing machine. I don't know what I'm doing. There's, I feel like there's something different between, like, being in a TIE fighter and just firebombing an entire fucking planet, which is 
obviously terrible. And, like, shooting somebody when you can, like, see them. Like, I think that's just a new experience for her that she's like, oh, there's a person here. Yeah. I guess that's, like, the whole argument about drones. Yeah, that was exactly what I was going to bring up. It's, like, it's the difference between, like, Army and Marines versus Air Force first in fighter jets now with drones. It's That's exactly it. We're doomed. Uh, I feel like I should laugh now. <laughs> Nervous laughter. Um, but yeah, and so... So we have keys, and he, like, obviously... Technically, he fits into the bucket of people who left after Cinder and were, like, horrified by what they did. Except he doesn't. Because now we know... He just left, not even out of guilt, but just purely out of, like, this ship has already sunk. And I will, like, not just, like, it's not even like I'm not going to go down with it. I've gone down with it, but now that I'm in the water, I'm going to swim. Yeah, like, he recognizes that the war is over. And that it's, like, we're just genociding for the sake of genocide. Um, Which I think makes his decision at the end of alphabet squadron to come back even more interesting because it's like you been knew that there's no no new hopes here um yeah. i hope that's something we see a little bit more information about and chris maybe you already know if we do or not but um i would just i because at this point i can't tell if it's like that only happened for the surprise and shock value of of entering him into the story later and so we would have another antagonist or is it um you know are we gonna get that sort of interesting deep dive into whatever the hell he thought he was doing i don't i don't know i don't know what mm-hmm. it was but i would just be curious to know if, if we'll see more of that throughout the rest of the trilogy we do we get a little bit of it in the second half of this book we get a lot of it in victory's price oh now um, i know he's gonna live through book. the book no i'm kidding i already knew he's on the cover so that's fine <laughs> um but so we do get a lot of a lot more about keys and kind of his motivations. But like Miranda, I think you you make a great point of like he knows the war can't be won. Like he explicitly says it. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, it begs the question, what is he doing? And I think that's kind of. I. In theory, I kind of get it. Because I am a Capricorn. Um, You know, the whole thing at the end of the last book when he was still Devin and, like, whatever intelligence bullshit went down, he was like, okay, so everybody's just bad at their jobs, but they're still doing it. I'm good at my job, so I'm going to go fix it. Like... I don't, I don't know how that sounds to other people, but I'm like, yes, this is a reason. Let's go. You got to fix the thing. I don't make the rules. Except, like, he's doing it in a way that's like, more genocide. Right. That's kill, what I was about to say. Kill for like, killing's sake. And it's like, genocide Arr. so you could get a problem solved? Because maybe yeah. we should have a talk. <laughs> yeah. And he's I very, like... I do this. <laughs> he is... He's, and he, he talks about how it's for his squadron. Like, and he talks about how, you know, particularly when they're going after the Lodestar, he talks about how it's because the squadron wants revenge for Pandemni. 
and that is what's going to bring them together. But does, like, I feel like he says that. I don't feel like it's necessarily the truth. Like, I think that he excuses these things just like he excuses, like, wanting people to get off of their, um, what was it? Like, wanting them to get out of their emergency pods, but then knowing that that one guy wouldn't, but also earlier he was, like, talking about his loyalty. I don't know. I just feel like he exists in this weird, weird world of, like, telling himself things without... I don't know that I really think he believes them. I think he wants to live in these two little bubbles of like, I'm a good commander and I connect with people. And also I don't care if everyone dies. Like I think he tells himself he cares, but his actions suggest to me that he does not. Yeah. He super does not care. He's like, we're just going to do an entire thing to kill Hera. General Sindula. I Who's promise. Not even there. She's not there. I promise I'm a good narrator, just like all the other narrators in this series. Staring at the fourth wall. Yeah. That's a really great point, Rana. And I think, to me, it's interesting because, like, he is, he does, he, like, he claims he's doing it for his squadron. But, like, that kind of does remain to be seen because, like, you know, he's like, I've been out in the real world and they don't forgive you and it's a hard way to live. And it's like, okay, but, like, you're not, like, you could try. You could try to help them all leave, like, to not murder people. Or you could just take them on, like, other missions that aren't genocide. Yeah, and he was, like, in on his own in the galaxy for, what, like, a couple months tops? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like the guy who, never mind, I'm not going to do a whole weird metaphor there. I was going to do a metaphor about shitty boyfriends, but I won't do that. <laughs> um, we've had that conversation on this pod already before we started recording. <laughs> Um, but what I was going to, the other thing is that, uh, I just feel like, yeah, he has no idea what the fuck he's talking about. Like he says that, but he did not even tell people what his background was. And the only thing I can think of is like, I'm sure we'll find out more in the future, but again, it was a couple months and I'm thinking of like that last scene where those people said they disagreed with him and he tried to take himself out of there and he was like, the two drunk friend who's like, I'm a problem. And everyone's like, no, it's cool. It's cool. Don't worry about it. He's like, I'm going home. And everyone's like, okay, whatever. Um, and then that happened and everyone still welcomed him. And he was like, nah, I got to go. So I just feel like, what the fuck is he talking about? Honestly? Like, oh, it's so hard out there that you should just die. I don't know. He's clearly He's... very good at manipulating people. True. Mm-hmm. It's a big I'm not going to get into what I, how I really want to explain it on the podcast because I have. It's not shame. I don't know. Doesn't matter. But he's very much like, this is just my opinion. I don't know what you guys think. And then everyone else is like, okay, but like, let's talk about this. And like, he just like puts it out there in a way for them to talk about it and like, yeah, go for his preferred option. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent classic manipulation. Yeah, and and he knows it too, right? Like, because like he he got Erica to leave. You know, who knows who else he got to leave before he himself bounced? And as you say, we see it in his leadership style now that he's back with the squadron. And it's very he really reminds me of <laughs> Jesus Miranda. Sorry, oh side my chat. God. He made it and. It's he reminds me of like somebody who works for like 
a shitty company, like a, a company that's not doing good things, that's not doing a good job, that is just, there aren't redeeming qualities of it. Keys works for Enron. I, I mean, Facebook in the chat. <laughs> oh, no, honestly, like, I like that, Miranda. Let's take that further. He, like, there's, so he works for Enron. Everybody at this point knows Enron's going down. They know Dick Enron's Cheney's gone. Ch- like, Cheney's gone. Halliburton's exploding. <laughs> and he is still there. And he's telling people, you know, like, I think I can do some good on the way out. You know, there's, there's, there's some stuff on the margins that I think I can do good. I can help my team. I can help them land on their feet and all that. But at the end of the day, all he's doing is securing his golden parachute. Like, he's, he's making himself feel good. He's not helping anyone else with this. Yeah, he, he's leaving his job at Enron and is going to go work for, like, the Koch brothers. Yeah. Like, he's, like, still collecting checks from Enron while he, like, continues to destroy the planet and is also, like, updating his resume to be Exxon-specific. Like... <laughs> Excellent metaphor. That was that was that was excellent. To be on this podcast today, (laughs) and so it's you do see this kind of like these two sides of him, and neither of these sides are good. But he definitely is not as selfless as he appears, and we're definitely, I think, going to see some more of that from him. Yeah, and I mean, I, I touched on this earlier, but like in my Alphabet Squadron trilogy. Like, he is not the only one who's doing... The only one I trust is Will Lark. Everyone else is just lying out of their asses like, I'm a good person. Look at how I defected to the Empire. It's for good... Or from the Empire. It's for good reasons. And it's like, you want money, man. To be fair, Nath is very open about the fact that he is a shitty person. (laughs) Yes. And, like, we love him for that. (laughs) Right. Nap yeah, is no, very I much agree. the fucking Capitol Hill bro who knows he's an asshole and is like, whatever, it pays. <laughs> yeah. This. Um, all right, speaking of not being trustworthy, let's talk about everybody's favorite disaster. Which one? Fair point. Let's the talk one, about Erica Quell. Uh, the one okay, on the outline. Okay, I was like, in Star Wars? <laughs> yeah, no, disasters? In Alphabet Squadron? It was a joke, okay? I get out how funny. It was fine. Let's go to Erica. Let's go to Erica. <laughs> And when when I was first, I read this a few weeks back um, because we've been trying Surprise. to record this for months. Well, in my defense, we've been I trying to record this I also saw you tweet months. that a book that came out like a week ago you just finished. Okay, I did the finish third that. third one of this but... trilogy, so shut the fuck up. Listen. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. have a lot of my hobbies. My true personality is finally coming out <laughs> on the pod. No, it's perfect. Um, but anyway, so when I finished this, there was like very much the like Twitter meme of like, so-and-so sowing yes this is gonna be great so-and-so reaping oh fuck oh no i hate this and with erica it's very much erica sowing oh fuck oh no i hate this (laughs) erica reaping also oh fuck oh no i hate this like she really just cannot win yeah well she's not doing great bob just i'm definitely rooting for her a little bit more than i was in the last book but not not 100%, but more it's than weird. zero. It's weird how honesty will do that. Like, yeah. we know now that she did worse things than we knew she did in the first one. But we also didn't trust her in the first one. We yeah. still don't well, trust her. I think she's just a little more like, 
Yeah, I don't necessarily trust her either, but I don't... I'm not saying I like her, but I'm saying, like, it's not as irritating to read her chapters, and I don't feel as much like she's... Before, I think it was the formation of the new squad just really made her constantly try to re-explain how it would have been in the Empire and how this thing was and how she really wants it to be ordered in this way, but it's not, and blah, 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 and woe is me. But I feel like now she's a little less, like upset about everything because she knows she has no ground to stand on. Because they're in space. Right. <laughs> Even with Sorry. their simulated gravity. <laughs> Stip, yeah. Yeah, no especially, seen. especially once her secret comes out, like when we think that Oof. Aiden's dead and he's definitely missing. Um, and also, surprise, he's alive. But... Um, yeah, I knew that was going to happen. Oh, I thought he was dead. I was really excited to see where that would go. It was too early. I was like, no, not getting major character death vibes in the first 30 pages of this book. Fair. I mean, very much what Alexander Fried in the last book, too, was like, is this person dead? No. Um, where was I going with this? Sorry. Interruptions. Uh, Aiden, Erica. When everyone finds out her secret and she's more open. Yeah, like, he just, like, drops this, like, fucking mean girl style, throws up the burn book in the hallway, like, Erica Quell did genocide, she's not telling the truth, and, like, you know, Chas and Will are rightfully like, what the fuck? And, of course, Nath is sitting there, like... Oh, did you oh, now? Oh, really? I had no idea. Tell, this tell is brand this. new <laughs> when he's to me. For, when he's asking her for clarifying questions, I'm like, this motherfucker. <laughs> oh, and he's like, well, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. He just, it's just ridiculous. It's, yeah. Also, he's never asked a clarifying question in the entire rest <laughs> of the books. And now he's like, I need to wait to judge this situation. Probably. Oh, tell me more. He's he's not as subtle as he thinks he is, but Will and Chaz are extremely dumb. So <laughs> I, I would say they're emotionally driven. They're <laughs> as an emotionally driven person. <laughs> they're emotionally something. There's that's that's for sure. Yeah. That's fair. Um but it's and, and Aiden knows too. Like he knows he asks her on the flight back from wherever he's being captured, like, hey, how long have I been gone? And she tells him he's like so funny story you're gonna love this and so like he knows exactly what he's done and like it kind of like calls back to in the first section we talked about how they have this like weird like balance of terror between them where they like well and she was like crying when she found him and like i was like what yeah like she actually cared about finding him and like was coming to think of him as, like, one of the closest things that she had to a friend in life. And the whole time, he was like, yeah, I'm just leaving my dead man switch email on. Yeah. <laughs> He's out of office. He will respond to your email with an automatic reply that Erica Quell did Operation Cinder. <laughs> um, if you have rebel needs, please contact <laughs> Erica Quell. <laughs> I, I mean, it makes me... We don't really get a lot from his perspective. Because he's unconscious. (laughs) That. And also the whole part of the trilogy so far. (laughs) I don't know why I'm like this. We had like two chapters in the first book and I hated them so much that they were like really at the top of my brain. It was like, I never want another Aiden chapter. So, Um, But I'm like, 
what goes on inside like what do you think your relationship to Erica is like at this point and like I'm not gonna speculate on things to come in this book and in this series but um like what does he think she's gonna do like after he dies you know well and he clearly doesn't understand her like that's the thing like everyone in this goddamn book he thinks he knows things that he doesn't actually know nobody understands me yeah i think he's still very i don't think he feels the same friendship with her that she does i think she's trying to latch on and like find a new keys figure in her life i think he is still very much like cool i have you hostage let's get shit done I wasn't sure if, like, maybe I was just being a little heteronormative about it because I can't tell, like, what Erica likes in her life. But, um, because I know there have been references to both. Maybe it is. But I almost got, like, weird, like, not quite romantic undertone vibes for how she felt about him. But, like, when she's laughing at his jokes, it was, like, some other level to the tension other than just, like, you know all my shit. It was, I don't know, maybe that's just to me. Maybe I've just, maybe quarantine has been really long. <laughs> but I just thought, like, that's totally the way I was reading it. And I didn't like it. It made me very uncomfortable. Yeah, I, was I like, mean. I don't want this. I don't want, please don't, please no. Please don't make this happen. So maybe it's just my brain. I don't care for hetero things. Um... Yeah, like, she's definitely queer in, like, whatever range of genders and whatever, like, that I don't think is as central to how she approaches this relationship as something that one of you touched on about, like, needing a replacement for keys. Like, she needs somebody to attach to, mm, I think, because... I don't remember a whole lot of her background before the Empire. It was not her mom. It was a girlfriend. Um, yeah, she had a girlfriend that she, like, followed to the Empire. We talked about joining them. Yeah. Yeah, and they, like, they talked about joining the Empire, the, uh, but with the intention of leaving for the Rebellion. Uh, yeah. The girlfriend left exactly. for the Rebellion, and Erica stayed. Yeah. Oh, my God. I wonder what happened to her. She's I did listen to the dead. pod. I did listen to the pod where Miranda was like, that was her mom. (laughs) (laughs) Heard that one. But, you know, since then, she's been in the Empire. And again, their whole thing is order. There is a hierarchy to things. There are processes in place. And, you know, the the rebels are, even the New Republic, like super loosey-goosey. I think like that having that superior and like developing a relationship and i imagine she almost sees this as like kind of a mentoring thing even though she's in therapy with the interrogation droid and all of that which kind of goes against that because like droid is super spying on her to go tell aid and all the things but it's a void that needs to be filled is that how you say things yeah. I don't like the sound of it, yeah. but <laughs> it's you know, if you I'll think too it. hard about pretty much anything in I was gonna say American English, but no, the British are weird too. Like if you think too hard about anything, it's not good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, including that sentence right there. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um But yeah, and I think I think I think you're totally right, and I think that that's no more evident than after 
all of this comes out and she seems even worse than when we found her in terms of her like mental and emotional state. I think Well she had Go ahead. I think also something that's interesting there is like she's not in a great place, obviously. You know, similar to when she like first left the Empire. But she also seems to be very much in like a you know, see if I give a fuck kind of mood. Because she's like, I'm just going to go onto the bridge and watch things happen. No one's going to do anything to me. Like, what are they going to do? Everybody knows my secret. I'm going to go steal a freighter. I, um, I felt like maybe this hit a little bit harder for her because in the early sections of, you know, the last couple chapters, she was, like, finally letting her guard down and sort of breaking down a little bit of the, like, imperial barriers between ranks and all of that and she's like yeah i guess i'll go drink with them that's cool yeah i'll share a bunk with chas it's, it's whatever and like i feel like yeah i know i thought i see your face miranda I, I got that same impression her talking about like her strong arms wrapped around her i was like oh when okay. she said that about hera i lost my mind i was at i was with Kristen. we were outside in a yard yesterday and i stopped reading <laughs> it was great yeah no agreed um but yeah, I felt like last time she just kind of was connecting with everyone. Remember, she was, like, telling Will about her life while trying to. And so I feel like she was finally starting to think of the squadron as, you know, not just I give you order, you follow order. Sometimes I report to Hera, maybe I'll die. Um, and now they all hate her. So I just think it probably makes it hurt. It's like it just exacerbates things, you know. Yeah. yeah. It, it's kind of like back to square one for the squadron. Except now they know for sure. You know? And they're missing a flyer and, or a pilot. A flyer. A flyer. <laughs> Please take this flyer. It's gritty. He's gone. Yeah. We've lost him. They're taking mm-hmm. Kairos and uh, they're or missing Kairos, not taking. And like everyone, Chas is drunk and has no gas. <laughs> like it's just even worse than they. She's, started, just, I think. she's yeah. just floating in that debris field. Oh, yeah. No, when we get honestly, to the Chas section, I have some thoughts. Yeah, no, let's, I mean, let's talk about him because she, honestly, like, you say that they're back to square one. I would say that they're, like, way worse off than before any of that's this That's what started. I mean. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. like that's what I mean. Yeah. For sure. But, yeah, I mean, Chas's self-destructive spiral doesn't even begin to cover what Chas is doing. This is going to sound bad, and it's not <laughs> going to be that surprising because it's, like, my fourth episode. But... I was kind of, like, hoping that Chats would die, like, for her own sake. I was like, all right, just let it happen. Like, you're out of gas. You're doing dumb shit. You're drunk as fuck. Tell- if you're telling yourself, I'm not that drunk, but I can't see, like, something's going on. Um, if you bet your ship, um, something's going on. Uh, and I know that she said she didn't bet it, but she also made reference earlier in that chapter about betting her ship. So I was like, I think you bet your ship. Um, but anyways, I was like, you know what? In the last book, I was like, don't let Chess die. Now I was like, please, like, put her out of her misery. It's, it's rough. Yeah. I don't know. She hops in to go into battle and she's like, so I've got half a tank of gas. And there are no gas stations between here and the Empire. So we'll just see what happens. Maybe I shouldn't have been such a dick to the ground crew. Who knows? (laughs) Shocking. A concept. I like how then she blames it on where she was gambling. She's like, they must have drained my gas tank. I'm like, you've literally every single day you've been flying around the goddamn galaxy. And now you wonder. 
She's the blackout person in the bar who's like, who drank my drink? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm not even drunk. Yeah. You won't even let me speak up about this on my own podcast. It's not fair. Wait, what? <laughs> then say what you gotta say. Oh, no. I just mean that person is me. Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> Can't yeah. wait to I'm find not, out. When I'm not here to defend myself about being the person who's like, who's slaughtering down this drink? No one's drunk here. <laughs> it couldn't be me. I can't wait to find out about this. But yeah, it, she is... Yeah, it's... <laughs> Rana, you're like, just... Like, it'd be great if Chas just died. It's okay. Chas agrees, so. Yeah, I was like, it's all right. She she says she wants to go. Like, just let it ha- At this point, I don't... Yeah. I think it is a miracle of autopilot and radar and shields that she has not died yet. Also, Will. Will Lark. That too. Always saving Well, when her. Will went away, that's when I was like, all right, it's over. Yep. And then she was like, oh, I almost died, but I'm still here, sitting in space. I couldn't shoot anything because I'm drunk. <laughs> Will Lark, loyal to the end, unless one of the enemy direct like DMs him. Listen, yeah. what the fuck? He's a very soft boy. He just wants his boyfriend. And he Blink is the is softest the cinnamon thing. roll. He is like an unbaked cinnamon roll. He is so soft. <laughs> Correct. I just, I don't know, I was getting that, like, secondhand dread when I was reading him listen to the message. I was like, oh my god, why would you think this is a good idea? I'm... You don't remember that, like, three weeks ago or however long ago Pandem Nye was, you were literally trying to save this person's life, and he was like, now nah, I'll just shoot at you. Like, now you think that he's your friend? Yeah, okay. and the thing, too, is, like, when we had one of those keys scenes, um... Cedia? Celia, the lieutenant, she's very smart. Very, like, kind of cutthroat. But she's like, oh, so here's the thing. I wish the listeners could see the look on Miranda's face right now. (laughs) Yeah, it is. We should put it on the Instagram. It's it's at least a PG-13 face that's happening as Miranda's (laughs) talking about Celia. I'm very gay, okay? I'm a simple woman, but she's like, so here's the thing. What if um, we take this recording that I have from Pandem Night or like the Oridol cluster or whatever? Will Lark is gay for this dude? And I think we could convince him to tell Will to do something as part of our plan. And it's just like very, you know, fingers together, evil, like maniacal laughter. Um, but it just so much dread. Side note or related note or tangent, whatever the hell the word is here. Um, I love that Will is like, oh my God, he heard my messages. And then he remembers that he has, it's just like when you're like in middle school and you write the name of the person, you cross it out really fast and they're not even in your class. And you're like, oh my God, they saw what I wrote. Like, he's just like, he heard my messages that I didn't even save. Oh my God. That's a perfect analogy. <laughs> Yeah, I could have done something with the notes app, but that seemed more apt. He is apt. And he's so gullible, too. <laughs> Thank you for seeing my pun. It never occurs to him that the person who has flown for Shadowwing for the entire Empire <laughs> still flies for Shadowwing several months after your initial encounter in the Ordal Cluster could possibly be. And told be you that you. you were going to die in the void of space. 
Any yeah. time that, it's not like they had a good conversation. Yeah, it's not like they bonded. <laughs> it's like we're still going to shoot at each other tomorrow. This is not a star-crossed lover situation. He didn't even say anything nice. He just said like, "There's this myth, and it's going to swallow you up, and you're going to die." All right, cool, bye. <laughs> Sorry, Chris, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but just adding. Oh, no, like, that was the end of my there. point. It's just, just Will is, he's, he's too, he's too innocent for this world. He's too innocent for this galaxy. I just want him to go home. Please so does he. Just, it's been, it's been fucking like five years of like unbroken warfare. And Will Lark still falls for the, over there. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, this is kind of a minor point, and it's again about how the Empire has like some very smart people working for it, even though it doesn't exist anymore. But when um, Keys is talking about Alphabet Squadron and like giving the briefing, he's like, "So there's this one pilot who I think is from this planet because of these two reasons," and it's like Will's fucking planet with his space dragons or whatever the fuck they fly into the clouds, and it's like. Ye- like, we're obviously rooting for the Rebels here. Like, that is some good, like, reconnaissance information. I will say, I was impressed that Erica did something similar when she recognized the flying type of keys. I was like, oh, okay, I thought it was just keys being keys when he figured out, oh, this person needs... But is it a little little shady that keys is not like that? Clearly, Erica Quill, he was like, oh, it's a former tie fly player. Fighter, player, fighter, pilot. Um, I've only had the one glass of wine, I promise. Um, but I just felt like, oh, that's like when you recognize someone and they're like, who are you? What? <laughs> What's your name? Yeah. I mean, to be fair to him, there's a lot of former tie pilots. Well, that's what I mean. <laughs> I would think she would have stood out after all her time. But. Apparently, he was like, go to the rebellion and just like... Forgot about oh, who's that one in the rebellion? <laughs> it would have been really Maybe funny. Maybe it's her girlfriend. It would have been really funny if it was just like some fucking rando who like also knew how to fucking like press the tie controls in the correct fucking sequence to do the same move. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's. Yeah. But yeah, and then so we leave this section, and. We've kind of switched from where we were at the end of Alphabet Squadron. Because at the end of Alphabet Squadron, it was very much Alphabet Squadron is on the Ascendant. They saved Pandem Nye. They worked together. Chas gave up her death wish temporarily. And Shadow Wing was in tatters. Grandmother was dead. Yada yada. And now it's the opposite. Because Shadow Wing has purpose. They are here to murder. They're from the Empire. They're here to murder. No, and okay, just me. Cool. No, no, no. You were. I was. I was with you. Yeah, I nodded. Me, 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 and Rana both nodded. Famously helpful for an audio medium. <laughs> yes, exactly. famously an audio medium. Pod, right in the name. And just like pod racing. And and Alphabet Squadron is literally and figuratively not even a squadron anymore. Chas is doing her own thing. Will is doing his own thing. Nath is following Will because he's like, I have two bad options, so I'm going to select this bad option. And Erica is floating in space. And Kairos is floating in Bacta somewhere. Yeah, Kairos, who the fuck knows where she is? Can I just say, I... 
She's I, maybe me. this is <laughs> right. There we go. That makes sense. I have no idea, like, if this only stood out to me, but I just felt so downtrodden when Will is like, I can't communicate, so I'm going to slowly go by Chas, and she's going to understand, and Nath is going to, and Nath is like, yeah, here we go. And Chas was like, something blurred by my screen, but I don't know what it was. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Chas is you, like, I mean, who's this idiot with their blinkers on? Fuck off. <laughs> it's like, you've had your blinker on for three miles. Can you please turn it off? You're not changing lanes. <laughs> and meanwhile, like, Nath is like, I know exactly what to do. Like, we're going to get Erica's attention. We're going to tell everybody on the Lodestar that, um, that, uh, like, it's shadowing. And he's like, you know, pew pew, firing his little lasers. And everybody's like, what the fuck is this guy doing? But Erica's like, oh, okay. So it's just like, it's it's really interesting to see, like, how the different folks in the squadron are able to, like, communicate with each other. And also, yeah. Chas is just fucking drunk. Yeah. Okay. It is. Nath is, like, weirdly the, like, missing link between all of them, in a way. Like, he's the glue guy. He's he is he's the glue guy who, like, is the worst, but you know you need him. <laughs> because he knows exactly how to get through to Erica, and he's dead on right about how to communicate that it's that it's shadow wing mm. he knows will and knows like that will is going to need his help and knows that he is like you know like an older brother figure to him and he knows chas and if he'd been the one making the decisions maybe he would have been able to get through to chas because he's also because he's also like i am also a drunken shit let me speak <laughs> your language <laughs> and yet he remains the worst you can't get you can't get both you gotta pick one. I hate it when he does that. Exactly. <laughs> that seems like a perfect place to end this episode. And go back and read more about the shit that is Nath. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening to this episode of the Book Wars Pod. Next week, we are going to be continuing, obviously, with Shadowfall by Alexander Freed, reading chapters 13 through 16. And in the meantime, you can find us uh, in the Tashi Station Radio Patreon Slack on Twitter or Instagram at BookWarsPod or email us at BookWarsPod at gmail.com. If you have the means, please donate to either of the organizations that we mentioned at the top or any of the ones that are going to be listed in our show notes. At the top, again, we mentioned Advanced Native Political Leadership. We mentioned API ENC or API Equality North Northern California. Uh, we also, in our show notes, just to give you a heads up, we're going to be mentioning Asian Americans Advancing Justice, uh, the National Asian Pacific American Women's Forum, and the larger national uh, group. I don't actually know if it's a group, but the, nat- the the larger national giving campaign for Stop AAPI Hate. Uh, so please, if you have anything to give to those organizations, please, please do. If you, after you do that, want to support us, you can donate to the Tosh Station Radio Patreon or give us coffee at ko-fi dot com slash bookforce pod uh it helps us cover our hosting and production costs and we will continue to post pictures of argos cerberus jasper orca and tony who made a guest appearance <laughs> on the video version of this that y'all will not see but we me, me and rana made very delighted faces and completely threw miranda off her game oh i i got off my game because i saw tony behind That's, me <laughs> he's he's 100 effective is what he is at, exactly. at fucking people up 
Uh, our theme song is Whiz Bang by Poddington Bear. Our logo and artwork are by Joe Butera Design. And our audio and production are done, as always, by Christian Cerisi. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Book Wars Pod. For Rana, Miranda, Kristen, and Kate, I am Chris, and we'll talk to you next week. I don't like you either. <laughs> so the song is the one.